Hey everybody, before we get started, how about visit our sponsors today? Uh, first sponsor would be National Carriers. They're looking for drivers in most of the country. They have Southeast Regional, Southwest Regional. They have different types of driving for over-the-road drivers, lease drivers, company drivers, and even students. Check them out at 888-311-7076. That's 888-311-7076. Also, check out DriveWise. That's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E. They are number one for bypassing the scales. It's app-based. You don't need any kind of a machine in the truck. And uh, they are just growing and growing. Call them today if you have a small fleet, if you're an owner-operator. Anybody can get the app. It's DriveWise, D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E. Dot com. Always let them know that Talk CDL sent you. Also, truckparkingclub.com. What an up-and-coming uh, company that is, Ruth Ann. We have a new company out there that's solving the truck parking industry. And if you're a driver, just go on truckparkingclub.com and fill it out, and you'll be on there. You'll be able to check out anytime you're going into an area. If you don't have parking, you can reserve a spot, and these people can do it. If you're a landowner... And you have a small parking lot or a small field or something you want to donate or, you know, use for the truck parking club. You'll also be paid to do so. Check it out at truckparkingclub.com. Ruth Ann, Carter Lumber. What a place to work that place is. They are an excellent place for local, for Class A, Class B. And if you're looking to get your CDL and don't have it yet, they will also have a job for you there to help you. Come to them when you are a licensed CDL driver. And they are at carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. Check them out today. Carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. I think that's it for sponsors. I think that was it. That is it. So we are at a different location today. That's why we might actually sound a little bit weird. We are at the... You always sound weird. I do. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, you know, that's just me. Um, anyways, here we are, we're at a different location and we, yesterday were at another location. It was called the Citrus County Courthouse. When we went to, (coughs) we went there to take care of Ruth Ann's speeding (laughs) ticket. (laughs) I tried to cover it up, but you talked (laughs) after. Well, you know, and listen, the reason I wanted to bring up your speeding ticket, not to say Ruth Ann's a speeder. No, no. She just doesn't get caught usually, but. Here's what I wanted to say. While I was sitting there, we thought because, you know, Ruth Ann's last name starts with an A, we thought, okay, for sure, we're, we're going to be in and out of here. But, of course, it doesn't work that way. You uh, go into the courthouse, and they have what's called dockets, right? Yeah. And then so everybody, like, this whole room for traffic was, like, packed with people. I don't even think there was a, a, a seat left. And we, we're sitting there, and they start the dockets, meaning, okay, some people just, you know, how like a lot of drivers will hire a lawyer, mm-hmm. especially truckers. They'll hire a lawyer. He'll go in and represent them, right? And and he'll he'll uh, stand before the judge and say, okay, I got such and such as case right here, blah blah blah. Here's his case. Well, what's interesting, almost every lawyer had a representative of a trucker that wasn't there, right? See, I wasn't gonna bring this up. I would have brought it up maybe for thirty seconds to make fun of you, you know, with your speeding, but. What, what I'm really wanting to do is I wanted to bring up an interesting observation when it came to Class A CDL drivers in the courtroom yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because when we met the lawyer, 
not the lawyer there yesterday. When we met the lawyer down in South Florida at the truck show, right? He had told us about a law called the masking masking law. It's it's it's. He said it's very illegal for a judge to reduce adjudicate or what do they call withholding adjudication or drop the points drop the speed or lessen the ticket for a class a cdl driver because he has a class a cdl now it's not illegal for a judge to if you you know are in your personal car i mean if you if you don't have a class a rather than you're in your personal car you get a ticket like ruth ann she got what they do they did the withheld adjudication for you yeah i uh I pleaded no contest, so they took. I just had to pay the fine, or a court cost fine. I didn't even pay the exact fine that was on the ticket. So, but what are the results for the, the no points, no nothing? So it's, it's almost like uh, it was. What do you call it? Withhold adjudication. Yeah, withheld adjudication. I think that's how it's termed. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that was perfectly legal for him to do that for you, okay? But the problem is um, when a a, a, a a judge does it for, and I'm, I'm not faulting a judge. I'm glad they do do it for us, for mm-hmm. truckers. Mm-hmm. But a judge could actually, and I think a lot of judges, because, you know, most, a lot of lawyers and cops and, and judges don't know every law. And I think a lot of them don't know that reducing a trucker's ticket is called masking. And there were, I counted at least three of them mm-hmm. that came up before your 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 uh, uh, segment, okay, I counted three of them, and every one of them, the, the the lawyer said, okay, I've got Billy Bob, here's, you know, where he's from, and his ticket is this, and your honor, he has a class A CDL, and so this is his job, you know, and it's, it's like, please help the trucker out, which is cool, and every single time the judge said, okay, I'll go ahead and withhold adjudication, and he, he took care of the trucker every time. Mm-hmm. You're saying that there was one where he didn't. I think there was one. You're t- but you're not. You're talking about the guy that pled no, not guilty. I'm not. I'm talking about the, everybody that pled no contest. They literally helped the trucker out, and that's that's what I'm getting at. Is mm-hmm. it, it pertains to the masking law? They weren't. Right. They weren't supposed to do it. Is what no, I'm no, no. I think that the judge is supposed to do something totally different. Correct. So, anyways, we're. Not, I'm not saying in any way that the judge should not help the trucker i'm glad he is it's just that we actually got firsthand to observe the masking law going on my nose started running sorry I my <laughs> I did, so it must have been clear because I, I didn't see any like no it for whatever reason it just started like i was doing fine but my allergies have been acting up over here so i'm like been doing fine all of a sudden like i'm like you i'm not gonna sniff but i feel like my nose is starting to run so whenever somebody- you're welcome Whenever somebody says my nose is running, I always like look below their nose for like a little river. Or a tr- <laughs> I don't know. It's You're just gross. It's, well, I'm just saying. It's like when somebody goes, my nose is running. I'm like, okay, let me see if it's like trailing. You know, what I mean, like, is there something coming out? But no, I didn't see anything. No, was, uh, I got rid of it. That's why. <laughs> so, anyways, moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Um, so, Ruth, uh, and real quick, I just wanted to mention i i'm actually titled i might even title this whole podcast find your mutt or find a mutt and i, I had this idea interesting enough um there was an article that i read and it was about a trucker 
It says Trucker and his dog, or Trucker and Pup, reunited after Crash separates them. And we've read this several times, right? Right. Whereas a truck driver, he's going down the road, he gets into an accident, and some of them are bad accidents. I remember that one in Arizona not too long ago where the trucker was killed, Mm -hmm. and then the family was looking for the dog. Yeah. And I think it took them a while. They might have finally found it. I can't remember if they did or not. Um, It was, the dog ended up at a, like a, a RV park. And someone recognized the dog because they're they're posting everything, and someone recognized the dog, and they were able to the person that was helping taking care of the dog at the time was able to connect him back with the family member. Then that that was a great memory. <laughs> and hey, every even, now and then I have one. It's not saying it's something that's all the time, but every now and then it comes out. <laughs> it wasn't long ago either that we talked about this and here I am forgetting it. But anyways, it says a trucker and, and their furry co-pilot were reunited this week after becoming separated during a wreck. The accident that separated them happened on May 10th. So it wasn't long um, on Highway 412 in Greene County, Arkansas. According to the Greene County Sheriff's Office, the tractor trailer overturned just east of the Highway 412 and Highway 228 intersection, causing the dog, which his name was Blue, to flee the scene. Look, Blue's like, what the hell was that? I'm out of here, man. I'm just saying. Yo, that was the worst roller coaster ride I ever was on. Roof, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I didn't sign up for this. But <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyways, so I'm glad the trucker was there. It says the truck driver suffered only um, minimal injuries in the incident, but was left without their trusted companion. The Greene County Sheriff's Office then asked the public for help in locating the dog in a Facebook post, and the community went to work searching for Blue. Aww. Isn't that cute? Yeah. It says, after a night on her own, Blue was found at a propane terminal on Friday morning, May 12th, where a couple was able to snag, snag her and keep her safe until the trucker arrived for the reunion. It was a heartwarming reunion to say the least, the Green County Sheriff's Department wrote. So I'm not going to read the rest. Y'all can check that out in CDL Life. Um, Ruthann, so my idea is if you're going to travel with a dog, and a lot of people travel with their furry friends, correct? Oh, yeah, a lot of them do. I mean, even at one point, we had a dog with us until he pooped in the truck and then he was kicked out but not out on the street we just kicked you and him out and i just went by myself pretty much <laughs> you and the dog went home <laughs> but anyways um so i looked up a i was thinking to myself wouldn't it be neat if you can have a gps with your dog for real that's true look you know how you got find my phone mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i'm thinking wouldn't it be cool like if you can inject because i know they inject like the what are they called the they inject the uh, microchips right. in, in your dogs. And that that is if the dog is lost and gets turned into a pound. Okay, if it goes to the dog pound, then they could go, okay, here's the owner, and they can contact you. Right, a vet or a pound, anybody that has the device to, to scan it. But if you have a really, really cute dog, there's a good chance he might not ever get turned into the pound. True. He might get turned into the people that found him. Right, there's a lot of people that will keep the animal. It's what's what's funny is our neighbor at at um out at the lake has a dog named Pepper. 
And I, it was funny. Ironically, I just remembered this. They were telling me the story how they got Pepper. Um, remember the hurricane? It was a big hurricane up in like South Carolina or North Carolina. Um, I guess um, it got all the animals that got lost in, in there. They, they relocated them to South Florida. This was one of the dogs that was relocated. The first thing I thought of when, when they said this was, I was like, huh, I wonder if the owners up in South or North Carolina are like heartbroken thinking their dog is gone forever, which the dog is gone. Somebody else owns it now. I don't know if, again, in the hurricane, they, you know what I mean, had to leave and they couldn't find their dog at the time. And, you know, the dog pounds were going around gathering dogs up, you know, because a lot of times in like, disaster situations like that people flee and animals get left behind blah 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 but anyways these people in north carolina they probably lost an awesome dog because pepper is really cool yeah he is so but anyways my thoughts i thought wouldn't it be cool if uh, a gps could be um put on a dog and then you had said to me well yeah you can you could put one on their collar right and so i went ahead and i looked up you know uh, a GPS system for dogs. And I was thinking, you know, my advice to truck drivers today would be if you're going to have your dog with you, you don't know. Remember that last year or the year before there was a guy, he was like for months on Facebook, he lost his pit bull. He had gotten out to go to the bathroom on the side of the road at a, a ramp and the dog jumped out and took off and he couldn't catch him. And ended up losing his dog and they were looking, he was just kept hanging flyers. I don't know if you ever found the dog, but right. if you, if you would have the GPS, like find my phone, mm-hmm. all you got to do is then you can just go on your phone and go, okay, my dog is, and just go track him down. Mm-hmm. So they have, I think it's like, I looked up one here. It says, uh, we've located the eight best dog GPS collar trackers. You can put one on your cat. So you put this on your, your animal, on their collar, and if something happens that you're separated, you can find your dog. Pretty simple stuff, right, Ar? Right. I'm, listen, I'm just going to name some of them. They'll let them go ahead and and look them up, and then, uh, you know, go ahead and read the reviews and see which one's best for them if they really want to. But I'm sure that a lot of people never thought of that because they think the microchip is what's going to find their dog when they, you know, when you buy a dog, the microchip, like we were talking about, but that's only if it gets turned into a facility that will be able to scan the microchip. Right. And the microchip just keeps your basic information on there, your phone number and address and your name so that they can return it. It's like a, a basically a regular tag. Yeah. And I would say definitely have your dog's microchip, but Again, if your dogs are sweet looking little cutie, there's a good chance that like like our little schnauzer. I wonder if somebody would No turn. one would turn Greta in ever. Greta is too 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 much of an adorable. I mean, I've had people <laughs> ask me for Greta. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's eight of them. One the first one's called Whistle to Go Explore. I'm sorry, Whistle Go Explore. And that's an AT&T GPS that you can put on your dog. Number two would be a device called Tractive LTE GPS Dog Tracker. It's a long one. Tractive LTE GPS Dog Tracker. The third one would be called Jiobit. That's J-I-O-B-I-T. Jiobit. These are all GPS devices you can put on your dog's collar. Then the fourth one is called FI Series Two GPS tracker, smart dog collar. 
The fifth one is called You've ever heard of, you've heard of Fitbit, right? This one's called Fitbark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fitbark, F I T B A R K, one word. Fitbark GPS dog tracker. Number six would be called Garmin T5 GPS dog collar. Number seven is called Petfon. That's spelled P E T F O N. Petfon 2 GPS pet tracker. And number eight is called Cube Reel. And that's two words Cube, C U B E R E A L, dash, time GPS tracker. Cube Reel, dash, Time GPS tracker. So what do you think of that? That sounds interesting. I mean, honestly, when and if I ever start traveling a whole bunch of times with Greta, I probably would want to get one of them. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we should should consider them because I sometimes I worry about, you know, you know, if they did get out, mm-hmm. you know, you'd be able to at least, you know, maybe turn the GPS thing on and hopefully that I what you know how I would look at these GPS trackers? If I was a trucker or, or any one of us, I would want the most inconspicuous thing. You know what I mean? Um, that's why, like, little kids, they have the, the ones for little kids now where mm-hmm. where maybe it's built into their belt or their, you know, something around their neck or, or whatever the case is. That's why the bad guy, when they kidnap the kid, they strip them down and change their clothes right away. It's one of the reasons. Mm. But if you... If you can find the most inconspicuous little tracker on the to put on the collar that nobody's going to notice right away, and maybe they're not thinking get rid of the collar, boom, you might be able to still have time to track your dog down. I don't know. I mean, they might have an actual one that you can, in, you know, like just like if you microchip them where you can microchip with the GPS. It's probably just really expensive. That's the one I like, honestly. A little, a little. I mean, it, you know, they got the, the data. You know, they have it. They've already probably tested it because conspiracy theories will come out and say, well, they've already looked at doing it to the humans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to... I'm sure there's a way that they can do it, and it's just going to cost a pretty penny. Right. Okay. So there you have it, guys and gals. Think about that, all right? If you're traveling with your little fur babies, you never know if you're going to get separated, whether it's in an accident or, you know, at a, at a truck stop. I've seen one time we had a picture of a guy that tied his dog to the truck to where he can go underneath it while he went into a shower mm-hmm. somebody could have snagged a dog you, right. n- you never know so uh put a tracker on your dog that would be my advice if you really want to cool cool all right moving on moving on you know i read an interesting article and was, i'm kind of questioning motives and all i mean maybe i'm a conspiracy guy i don't know but there was over uh, the other night in georgia in dublin georgia it says a sleepy trucker plowed straight into the federal courthouse hmm <laughs> hmm he was sleepy and for some reason that courthouse was directly in his line of travel and it says he went through a barricade and everything but sleeping of course oh my gosh yes sleepy and and it said it said it didn't give his name, and it didn't, and it didn't even give the results. Because I was looking at the end of the article to see if it said arrested. So I'm, I'm wondering, is this the original city the driver happens to be from? Is he from that area, or is he visiting, traveling through? Um, again, no information. See, if he's from that area, and he was sleepy and plowed into the courthouse, I would say there's probably a lot more to that story. If he's not from the area and plowed into the courthouse, 
then he just really might have been sleepy and just wrong place, wrong time, everything. <laughs> I don't know. I 100% agree with you, Ruthann. So I just thought it was a cute little article. Um, one last thing I wanted to talk about, and uh, this was really the main thing I wanted to talk about today, is road rage. That's so big. Yeah, well, I looked up some statistics, and I thought they were kind of interesting, and I thought maybe everybody else would find them interesting. Okay. I don't know the actual statistics in truckers, but it's probably the same percent. And uh, one of the things that people really complain about is traffic. So if you're a trucker and and traffic is a downfall to you, you might want to quit trucking. I would say if you don't have patience at all, yes, definitely. Okay, it says um, in a recent study... Of road rage. 82% of people admitted, now listen to this, 82% of people admitted to committing an act of road rage in the, in the past year. It's eight, now, when, what, now, road rage could be anything. Yeah, that's why I was like, I'm probably one of those 82%. Well, well later on, we're going to read that whipping somebody the finger. I don't do that. Well, I, I didn't. I'm just, you just keep talking. I, I'm good. I know. We're just, we're just, I'm just saying, this is one of the things like is considered road rage. Whipping somebody a finger, a hand gesture, maybe shaking your fist at them, maybe pointing at them, maybe screaming through the window at them, maybe putting your hands up like, what the hell, man? You know, any, anything like that is a gesture, even if you're reacting. Right. Listen, if you're reacting to the dumbass that cut you off, that's a form of road rage also. Just because you didn't start it doesn't mean you're not road raging. You understand that? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, another big one is brake checking somebody. You know, maybe somebody, and we see videos all the time where somebody will cut off a tr- or a trucker. Maybe a trucker came onto the interstate and, and uh, he merged in front of somebody. He really didn't cut somebody off, but somebody thought he cut you off, and then they go around you and they start brake checking you. Right. That's road rage. Right. Okay. Um, and, and listen, I would tell a trucker this, too. If you force your way in to the crowd and you know that you're going to be cutting in tight and you're thinking, oh, they better slow down, guess what? That's a form of road rage. Just because you're bigger. Yes, just because you're bigger. So, so 82, this, and this is probably why, because it's a, when they do these studies, they're anonymous mm-hmm. polls. Mm-hmm. And, and so 82%, that means so out of 100, for example, out of 100 people surveyed, 82 said, yes, I did do something to that. Or out of 1,000, 820. Out of 10,000, 8,200. Go ahead. It, well, a lot of those... What a lot of people would think, oh, that's not road rage. Well, it and, and statistically, it could be considered road rage. Like you said, a hand gesture, not whipping the finger or doing it, but just throwing your hands up in the, you know, what the heck type of attitude. That could be considered a road rage, just the response itself. So some of those things that come up in that 82 percentage, um, you would have never thought would have been a consideration of being road rage. But because you had that reaction, it changed your demeanor while you're driving behind the road. That's why it's probably considered a it's road rage. Absolutely. I mean, there, and there's no getting around it. Here, I'll give you another one. Ignorance. Ignorance is not an excuse to a judge or anybody. And I'll give you an example of ignorance. You get the dumbass that gets in the passing lane that wants to just do the speed limit and he holds up traffic. Okay? And he's just thinking, go around me, man. Stop flashing your lights at me. Just go around. I'm, I'm in my line of space, man. That's, that's road rage. That is road rage. And so you've got to really be careful. And you've got to really pre- be careful the way you react. 
Because and I've seen I've seen videos and I've seen studies, and look, I've cut somebody off already, and I'm just saying that I have, not purposely, and then I get a guy pull up beside me, and he's and he's rude, right? He puts the window down and he's like running his mouth, and I'm telling you, when I didn't do it on purpose, my reaction to that guy is, "Hey, man, I'm really sorry if I did do that." Because I realized from the studies that we get on this show, I realized that just cutting somebody off accidentally, that maybe the guy just caught his wife in bed with somebody. Maybe the guy just got fired. The guy just lost a child, and he's not right behind the wheel. And then you cut him off accidentally. He pulls out a gun and blows your head off because you're how he's going to get relief. And I'm just saying, one of the things you have to really watch for is not being the cause of road rage, but reacting to somebody else's road rage. Yeah, just to make sure the both. What happens, like you said, the person that's driving in the passing lane, yes, it's not ignorance because most people know what the laws are, but when you're going to be a driver that's going to stay in the left-hand lane and be driving and then use the excuse of, I didn't know, because most of states right now have the left lane as being illegally if you're not passing someone, you're supposed to be over. And a lot of drivers, especially some of the older ones, don't realize that that's now a law that you are not to be in the passing lane. And what happens is because these people are still staying over there, they're, they're the start of an aggravation for people that are trying to get to work, that might have an emergency, that um, have a delivery they got to make. You know, there's so many. They might already be late to begin with, so they're already hyped because, oh, I'm late. And they're trying to hurry to get down the road. And you have the person in front of them saying, um, I'm going to go ahead and stay where I'm at because I could be here. Well, generally, you're not allowed to be in that left-hand lane anymore because most states now have it as illegal unless you're making a passing. And then you have to pass and get over. So that's the start of some road rage. And then, like you said, people cutting off unintentionally doing that. And then the person's already hyped up because of a circumstance that's a personal issue. You are, are now being a part of that equi- um, equation of, of road rage. Um, I want to give an example of something. And you were with me when it happened. This was a couple of years ago. We were driving on, on uh, Highway 44 going towards Inverness. And a guy was in front of us in the passing lane for about five miles. And he would not pass the guy behind him. Finally, as he was pulling out at the red light near the landfill, I had enough room to, to what's called threading the needle. And I was so pissed that I gunned it, okay, and went flying around the guy and cut him off on purpose. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't know, the guy behind me was an unmarked cop. Yep. You remember this? Oh, yes. So he pulls me over. And I said to him, he, he pulls me over and he says, you know, he comes up to the car and asks me for my license. And what was the first thing I said to him? I said, dude, I said, I am not going to deny nothing. That guy's an asshole. The one that just for five miles would not get out of anybody's way. There was like a mile of traffic behind yep. him. You know what the cop said to me? Yep. He, he said, you can't do that. He said, if the guy's not, if the guy's not 
Um, you under said he this, was impeding traffic, and he the guy that that's when the cop said he's not impeding it. He said he's not impeding if he's doing the speed limit. Right. Even though the cops technically was wrong because of the mile of traffic behind the guy, but the cop said I can't ticket the guy if if the guy is at the speed limit. So the bolt everybody was at sixty miles an hour. He didn't. The guy didn't want to go one mile an hour to get around to stop the traffic. Since then, the Florida law. Exactly. Since then, Florida passed the law of if you're in the passing lane and and people are too many cars behind you and you're holding up traffic, you're getting a ticket. Now that didn't that wasn't the case then. No. And the cop gave me a break. He didn't ticket me. He said, "Listen, man, just keep a cool head. When you when this happens, just sit back and relax." He said, "But I there's nothing." And to be honest with you, that day I realized, well, I guess I can't I can't act like an asshole to the guy that is. Holding me up, although I wanted to, I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to give him the finger. I didn't curse or give him the finger or anything like that. But yes, I did cut him off. I'm not going to lie about it. But if I, I remember correctly, the cop actually was saying with you, he was driving me a little bad, batty too. So the cop was actually irritated also, but he couldn't do anything either, like you said, because he wasn't going over the speed limit. And now true. that the law has passed, uh, a lot of people that do that with the speed limit thing. They don't realize that when you're passing, cops know while you're passing someone, you're going to go up a few miles per hour to get past the person that's going a little slower. They know that. They give you that five-mile-per-hour waiver. They'll give you a little few miles off of that even because you're passing. But if you're going to, you know, not do it, you're taking more of a chance of getting more of a, a, a problem occurring for you, like you said, with the road rage. 100% 100% agree. Okay, so here's some stats that I wanted to just read up. And uh, anyways, my mind just... <laughs> if y'all could just see us, he's looking at me, waving his arms, because Troy talks with his hands a lot. So he's constantly... You don't see him showing you the hand gestures, but like he's doing them with everything that he says. He's making a hand gesture, and he's looking at me, moving his hands around, and totally loses complete focus on what he's saying. Well, again, we're not in the studio. We're sitting at a table overlooking a lake. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's a nice place where we're at, you know, as far as scenery. It's just that not everything's in front of us that we normally have. Okay, so um, just some statistics here. It says a total of 12,610 injuries and 218 murders have been attributed to road rage over the last so many years. Wow. Exactly. Murders. And and that's exactly what happens. You there's there are people. It's I think the it's going to say later an average of thirty murders are attributed to road rage. So you cut somebody off, or you're in a hurry, honking your horn. Nobody's moving out of your way. You get mad. Somebody does something back to you. They brake check you. You pull out a gun. You shoot him. You're in prison for life. He's dead. And uh, uh, families have been ruined. All because the start of it, all because the start of it was you got in the vehicle that you should not have gotten into with bad news in your mind or in a hurry, in a rush, and you just had no patience because that's where road rage comes from, being impatient more than anything, okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Anyway, so let me go on. 66% of traffic fatalities are caused by aggressive driving. I could, I could, honestly, I could see that. I'm surprised it's not even higher. See, it said murders before 200 and some murders, Mm -hmm. but they're not considered murders if you're just being a jackass and you didn't mean to kill somebody. It's still a related homicide or a, 
some tor- some type of vehicular um, homicide, but it's not considered murder. And not all homicides are murder. Right. We, some of it's like a manslaughter and so forth. Correct. Okay. So um, road rage has been responsible for about 300 deaths um, in the last so many years. I, again, um, that's that's a, that's purpose is what they're talking about there. It says um, da, 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 30 murders annually are linked to road rage. So an average of 30 a year are linked to road rage. 50% of drivers respond to the careless acts of others driving aggressive themselves. Now, you hear what he just said there? They separated it. Well, no, what, what, that statistic, what that statistic just said, that 50%, 50% of everybody that you give a hand gesture to, scream at them, honk a horn, flash your lights at, cut them off, swerve, even if it's an accident, 50% of the people you do that to are going to respond in a bad way. Yeah. So there's 50, which is the good news is 50% of the, of the people out there are going, okay, maybe he didn't mean it, let him go. Or maybe they got a wife in the car going, don't you dare. <coughs> that's, uh, that's me. <laughs> don't you go after him. You know, but, but seriously, somebody's got to keep a calm head, even if it's your wife or whoever's with you. No, don't do that. You know, you're going to get in trouble. Talk them off the wall. But 50% of everybody that gets brake checked or cut off or maybe their high beams are on you or whatever the case is, they respond. So I'll give you another example. Say somebody's coming at you with high beams, right? Mm-hmm. And you just flash them and then they don't, they don't, um, turn theirs down so you just decide i'll just turn mine on with you and we'll see who whose high beams hurt each other more that's you responding okay to aggressive you're, you're actually they might not even realize that their high beams are on it could be an 80 year old woman that didn't realize it and can't find the switch to turn them off in time and you're now road raging her with your high beams i'm telling you that anything you do out of anger is road rage I will agree with you with that. When you're in the on the road driving and you're doing it out of anger, yes, definitely. I'm going to tell you something. A couple times somebody had their high beams on me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I gave them a quick flash. They turned their high beams off, and guess what? It's done and over with. No, guess what they had? Only one headlight. Yeah. So I realized why they were driving with their high beams on because they probably didn't want to get pulled over. Maybe they couldn't see right because they only had one light. Right. So that, that's a possibility. Maybe their lights didn't work right and they had to have um, their high beams on. There's all kind of reasons why someone didn't have their high beams on. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to say this. Our car will automatically turn high beams on and off a lot of times. Like It, it, is, it is set up to do that. Well, at one point, and um, Becca was with me, we're on our way home from dance, and it was automatically doing it, but it was doing it at the wrong times. Like, usually what it does is it, it has a light sensor in it, and if it senses a light coming at the car, it will automatically downplay and put regular beams on. But for some reason, I was flashing people, and I had to make sure that I turned that, that, that off, and I, I haven't really messed with it too much, but every now and then it will just kept doing that. And I said to Becca, I said, you know, for some reason, it's malfunctioning. And it's flashing people on me, and it's got the it's putting the headlights on them. I said, because she's now learning how to drive, and I had told her then, make sure you're never doing this. You do not have your high beams on when a vehicle is coming towards you. So just thought I'd mention that. Not that it really meant a whole lot right now, but 
Okay. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I just want to get through the stats. I'm sorry. But, no, I, I'm with you on all that. So it says 37% of aggressive driving incidents involve a firearm. Ooh. So 37% of aggressive driving, okay, you run the risk if you if somebody cuts you off accidentally when you when you turn around and say okay f you asshole or i'm going to cut him back off or you ru- you get fly up behind him 37 out of 100 people are going to respond with a gun so do you, it's just it's like rolling the dice am i getting a gun guy or am i just getting a guy that's going to give me the finger back am or, i or or other things i'm sure there's going to be other weapons right exactly so, anyways, um, there's been a 500% increase in reported cases. And that, that, I, I actually really find that sad. Now, listen to this. Statistics show less than 50% of people even report it. Actually, I think it's less than 37% of all people actually report road rage. So, out of the 37% that's reported, they're saying 500% increase. Just imagine... If everybody reported, it'd yeah, be. I don't. I'm not one of those that report it, but it would be a two thousand percent if all road rage got reported. Gosh. A lot of a lot of statistics here, and I wanted. I'll just tell you, uh, we have a story that we were going to read about a trucker. I'm just going to kind of tell you about it. It was in Michigan. It, ironically, it goes with today's podcast, and I mean it was very ironic because I didn't pick them out together, but a, a trucker had gotten. Somebody was following him on like a long highway in uh, Michigan that's like 50 or 100 miles long where it's just woods and no lights. And so a car was behind him. Now, it didn't say if the car, and I even thought, well, I wonder why the trucker got mad because the trucker wound down his window after like 30 or 40 miles and started shooting at the car. And so somehow I guess the trucker realized, oh, I should have done that, duh. And he took off and ended up in some neighborhood and got somehow immobilized, right? I don't know if he went into a ditch because he was trying to fly. I don't know if the car was following. I don't know the whole story. I just know that the cops finally came and arrested the guy, all right? But the trucker, before he got arrested, got out of his truck and took off, tried to hide. They found him and arrested him. So... Who knows what the start of it is? And I'm going to just say this one more time. It doesn't matter who started it. A judge is not going to go, okay, since you started it, I'm going to give you 99 years and you 100 years. And he may, but you're both going to get punished. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if it turns into, like, insanity or if, like, say, even maybe because you're responding, you're not realizing you, you both cause an accident where some little kid or some family gets killed, now you're responsible for that. And it wasn't even you that started it, but now you're going to be the blame. You know, like, when, when the kids were young and, say, the boys were arguing, and as a parent, you always say, I don't care who started it, it's you're finishing it now. You're not going to go any further. We you can, might have to have that same mentality when it comes to to when you're on the when you're driving and you're on the road and someone starts something, the you know you might have to think. Bottom line is like you said, the judge isn't going to care who starts it. So, who cares who starts it? But be the the better person and not let it keep going. Now, if by chance it's a little road rage and nobody gets hurt and you both get pulled over, probably the guy that started it might. You know, but it might be a ticket. But the more you respond, 
you could do something a lot worse. Sometimes the responder does worse than the guy that accidentally did something. All I'm saying is be really careful in the way you make your decisions out there on the road because that car or that semi-truck or your motorcycle, they're all considered weapons, okay, that you can use on people. Absolutely are. And so that, Ruth Ann, is my podcast for the week. Do you have the word of the day? I do. You do have it? I do have it. Okay. Um, I was thinking, though, what, what you're saying with, you know, the fact that it all could be a weapon, yeah, because if you're driving down the road, you know, one of the things that you said as far as when someone starts, uh, uh, some people could, even though, like, say someone accidentally cut you off, but you kept going after them and you kept flying up on them and you kept swerving, cutting them off, and you kept it all going when the person, was an, it was an accident when they did it, that's when you really are more at fault than the person that originally started it. I agree with you, but I will tell you, one of the things that everybody's, most people that I've ever met in my life are, we're all, all guilty of trying to justify why what we did wrong was right. Well, he, he started it. He right. started it. All I did was react it. Well, I'm sorry, but that's no excuse to react. It, it really isn't. The only time it's an excuse to react is when someone is, is literally coming at you and you're, and you're still still like in florida they have the stand your ground law here where if you're in your house or you're just standing there and someone comes at you you have the right to respond and to um protect yourself but in a vehicle going down the road you do not have the right if somebody accidentally hit scraped your car or cut you off you do not have the right to go catch up to them and do something that would be like somebody Somebody um, walking up to you on the street, smacking you and then running, and you catch up to them and, and stab them. You're not allowed to pursue. Right. And even in your stand your ground law in Florida, if somebody is aggressive to you and you don't shoot them or hurt them and they walk away, you don't have the right to pursue them at that point. You, all you have the right to do is not be moved by them or hurt by them. Right, right. And the only way with the stand your ground is if your life feels threatened that you can really... F- react in that manner then right and someone could say well someone was chasing me i'm telling you now there's there's something to be said where somebody's after you to to try to hurt you and you pull into a parking lot and they get out and come at you and you defend yourself i'm i'm just saying you better be really careful in that vehicle know the laws before you do certain things all right let's move on moving on word of the day ready rubescent 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 so what is rubescent? Blushing. Oh. So rubescent means yeah. blushing. Reddening or blushing. Okay. I don't think we even need a sentence with that one. No. Ru- I think it speaks for itself. He's very rubescent. Very. So if somebody's shy, they probably are rubescent. No, no. It's not if they're shy. It's if they're actually reddening or blushing. Yeah, I know. But usually that's who does the blushing is the shy person. Would you not agree? Yeah. Okay, that's what I meant by that. Okay. All right. I misunderstood. All right. We're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.